This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell with you on air for the next 25 minutes or so. This morning on the programme, with All-Ireland fever in the air in Kilkenny, we hear from a local business who are totally into sport. Wishbone is a new restaurant in Kieran Street in Kilkenny. We'll be talking to manager Luke Murphy and we'll be talking to Thomastown native Michael Hoyne about what has been keeping him busy in his life since the sale of Merlin Industries in 2017. But first, let's talk about the South East. It's economic health, it's potential and what needs to be done to get it working better together. Joining me on the phone is economist Jim Power, who during the week was writing in the Irish Examiner about how a united approach is a key for the South East. But Jim, you're very welcome. But before we get into the economy, I know hurling is a subject very close to your heart. Um, speaking of heart, what does your heart say, Kilkenny or Tipperary? Um, my, my heart says Kilkenny, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on Kilkenny radio, but um, I, I wouldn't shout for Tipperary if they were playing Chelsea, to be honest. And is that a, that's a pretty high level of animosity? It on, is. On, on, it, well, I grew up just over the border from Tip, so uh, there'd yeah. be a lot of animosity built into me. No, <laughs> I mean, uh, what Kilkenny did to Cork and Limerick was quite amazing. Yeah. So I just hope they can bring that to bear on Sunday. And um, I, I, I think I think they're well capable, uh, and of course with the tactical genius that is Brian Cody, you know, um, you, you'd have to say they've a very very strong chance. Um, I suspect the bookies would probably um, favour Tipperary because of the experience, etc. Yeah. Uh, but you know the bookies favoured Limerick as well. Yeah, so, I think um, that's the way we like it in Kilkenny. Yeah. But look, let's talk about the South East. You were writing in the Irish Examiner uh, during the week. Um, there's a bit of a thing, the glass half full and glass half empty. Different reports out, you know, the South East Economic Monitor maybe pointing out um, deficiencies. Other people pointing out, you know, everything that, that uh, the South East has got to offer. Your article, a mixture of both probably. But really cohesion and people working together are key to it. Just give us a summary of your, your point of view on the okay, South East. Okay, I mean, I... I remember 10 years ago, as part of work I was doing for a university of the Southeast, I did a fairly in-depth socioeconomic analysis of the Southeast. And at that stage, the economic performance was very, very poor um, in terms of educational attainment, the brain drain out of the region, uh, the quality of the jobs in the region. So on a lot of different socioeconomic metrics, uh, the Southeast uh, was doing very, very badly back then. Um, here in 2019, uh, there definitely has been an improvement. There is no doubt about that. And I mean, you go around Kilkenny, um, you go around Wexford and even Waterford City, uh, you can certainly see, you know, things are better than they were some years ago. But um, there are still stuff lacking there. You know, the unemployment rate at 6.7% compared to a national average of about 4.8% in the first quarter of this year. Um things like disposable incomes, economic activity in the region is lagging well behind the national average. And how do we compare to other regions? Well, um, we have the highest unemployment rate of any other region. Mm. Okay, so on the employment unemployment front, not doing particularly well. But, and, and, and this is important, I mean, the whole country 
has seen an enormous improvement in the labour market over um, the last five or six years, and the South East certainly has benefited from that. But um, it is still lagging most of the rest of the country. And unfortunately, you know, the comparisons you would make would be with the Midland region and the border region. Mm. So it's way behind um, the southwest, for example. And, and are we behind the borders, border Midlands and West region? Uh, well, r- r- roughly in, in line on many metrics, but we're um, behind in terms of the unemployment rate. But I think one of the reasons for that is that if you're unemployed in the border region, you will leave. Mm. Whereas if you're unemployed in the southeast because of the quality of life, etc., uh, you're likely to hang around. Yeah. Okay? Now, uh, so uh, yeah, you, you have to, uh, I suppose, adjust all of these metrics. But how would I describe the southeast? It's a region that is improving. Um, I still think it is punching way below its weight. Um, I can point out to a lot of very, very positive stuff. I mean, the quality of life in the southeast, and I would be biased being from Waterford mm. near the coast. Uh, but the quality of life in the southeast is incredibly strong. You know, you have the sea, you have the mountains. Um, you look around Kilkenny, places like Gregnaman, etc., Bennett's Bridge. You know, the city itself. Um, you look at Carlow. You know, Ultimate Gardens. There's, 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 a, there's a, a lot of decent tourism stuff. Mm. And then you go down to Wexford, fantastic beaches, um, and so on. So, in terms of quality of life, um, uh, it's a very, very positive place to be. Um, the cost of housing is significantly cheaper than Dublin, for example. Uh, the cost of renting is significantly cheaper. So the cost of living generally is much lower in the southeast and than so what? in Dublin. So I think a key point I was making in the article is that Dublin is becoming incredibly congested. There is no doubt about that. And if you look at the southeast with the M9 and the M11, um, you know, the whole region is within two hours of Dublin at this stage. Parts of it are within an hour of Dublin. So in, in terms of a counterweight to the Dublin, the congested Dublin economy, uh, the southeast has a lot to offer. And um, the other point I was making, and I was not suggesting that the four local authorities, Carroll, Kilkenny, Wexford and Waterford, are not doing this. Um, they are. There is a lot of collaboration going on now compared to 10 years ago. But I think a lot more is needed. And I, I believe that the four local authorities need to work um, for the southeast rather than for their individual counties. Obviously, their individual counties are important because that's where the local authorities get their rates based from. But they need to work together um, as a region to develop the region. And um, it's It's happening. But I think it needs to continue and we can up the ante if possible. Okay, Jim, thanks very much. Unfortunately, we have no more time, but let's come back to that because it's a crucial uh, business issue, uh, particularly in light of those uh, figures on on employment being below the national average. Jim Power, economist, thank you very much. Thank you very much, John. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie. Now you're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR 96FM. I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Michael Hoyne, a native of Thomastown, who started business as a plumbing distributor, a plumbing distribution business.
business and in 1986 uh, founded a shower tray uh, business called Summerbee. He went on to form Image Showers and then uh, Merlin Industries and the rest, as they say, is history with Merlin Industries being acquired by the Norcross Group in 2017. Uh, Michael, you're very welcome to the studio. Thank you very much. Um, what have you been doing since uh, since that deal with Merlin Industries in 2017? Pe- people are, are, are often ask me, am I actually retired? And I, my answer is I, I was never so busy. So I've got, got involved in different things in, in, in charity and in in different business, mostly in startups. Yeah, and you find that very interesting. Absolutely, it's you know what I, what I enjoy about it is is probably the experience that I've had is to kind of uh, share that with with young people who are starting business and try and help them not to make the mistakes that that I've probably made. Yeah, uh, and Chuck Tom, uh, the Thomas Hayes Trust, is one of of your involvements. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, um, I, f- I finished in Merlin in 2017 and uh, even when we were with Merlin we were very conscious of supporting people out there that weren't getting supported by government or whatever and um, we went out and we found people and what we like to do is people who are not being supported whether by government or whatever so I always had intended to get involved in, in, in one and um, I met Angela Hayes in Chuck Tom, listened to her story um, and I kind of felt that I could help her in with strategy and planning and all that type of thing. So that's kind of how, how I got involved in Chuck Tom. Yeah, so um, for people who wouldn't be familiar with Chuck Tom, and I'd say they're pretty pretty thin on the ground, Angela's no stranger to Casey Law, but it's active in the whole area of positive mental health, helping people who've uh, been affected by self-harm or families affected by suicide. But really, the areas it operates in are relevant to families, but also to businesses and communities. Yeah, I, I, I think... I think it's it's I, I don't believe companies are aware of their employees of the challenges that they have whether it's kind of in work whether it's at home uh, and um, and this can happen any family you know it's not it's not restricted to to anybody and uh, I think comp- companies now are getting more more aware of it and like what 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 we're trying to do in Chuck Tom is Angela does a lot of um, going to companies and giving explain to her her story and also the type of people who are coming to Chuck Tom. So when you look at Chuck Tom in two thousand and nineteen, uh, over a thousand people. That is a huge number of people who are are in in a certain amount of difficulties themselves. You have parents bringing in kids into it. You have parents, and the type of work that's that's been done is is, to, in my opinion, it's it's needed out there. There's no funding from government or anything. So all of the funding. And that Chuck Tom does is it's it's we have to go and and literally go out and fund. Yeah. So in February 20, it was only in February 2014 that Angela uh, founded uh, the Thomas Hayes uh, Trust and Chuck Tom was established uh, soon after. I remember very much at the start, it was Angela on her own. But you've brought together a crew of people around her and the organisation has grown. Can you tell us a bit about that and how you're supporting Angela? Yeah, because what, what we're looking at it, if you kind of go back to the numbers, 
probably the first year, maybe it was 200, and then you go to 500, and now she's uh, Angela is Ash 1,000. And this is, this is somewhere where people can actually phone up and get, 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 get um, to meet a counsellor. And, and from the feedback that we have from people who have come into Choctaw is that the, you know, the, 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 the parents are so um, grateful for that, that open, open house is there. And if it wasn't, um, I think there would be serious problems out there. Mm. Now, you mentioned fundraising. Mm. Um, it's a huge mountain to climb for any kind of voluntary organisation, isn't it? Um, tell us about the kind of work that Chuck Tom has been doing or that you've been working behind, behind the scenes with or on. Yeah, like, you know, again, everyone realises that if you have 250 people, you have 500, you have 1,000 people. And that all has to be managed um, there are, are ten councillors now that that work in 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 Choctaw, and um, people can literally phone, make an appointment. There there is no there's no charge if people want to contribute something. Absolutely, we'll 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 take that on board. But um, it's it's think if you think about the number a thousand people. So if you look at that, it's uh, fifty weeks in the year, so it's twenty a week. And, 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 and that's growing. And when you look at the numbers, 250, 500, so you can see it's, it's multiplying every, every, every year. And I suppose as well is that what we've got to try and do is to let people know out there. And this is, this is not easy. This is going to take time and support in that. And we're kind of trying to build, we're trying to get people to actually get involved and um, it's it's kind of going to take 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 time to get out there. Angela, she actually goes out to companies now. She goes out to schools. So you know, you in my opinion, you can't start early enough in 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 speaking to people and and get schools and people talking about it. Yeah, and you mentioned about how, how families are free to get in touch. You're kind of extending that invitation to companies as well. Absolutely, because. Um, there, there was there was one particular company actually in 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 Kilkenny, and they said, "Well, we kind of look after our people." And then we knew that some of the people from that company had come to Chuck Tom, because when you think about it, it, is for different reasons. Maybe some people don't want to want to get the help from their own company, and that. And, and so what we what we'd like to do is kind of is business um, managers, owners, and that to try and open that out that people that people. Um, are willing to to discuss it and to understand it, and I think I think that's changing now. Before, whereas before people were a little bit embarrassed about it, and 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 as I always say, it can happen to any of us. Yeah, and now finally, um, speaking of fundraising, you've got a really impressive looking golf classic coming up, the Mick Galway Celebrity Golf Classic. Very important fundraiser, and a few a few places still open, as they say. Yeah, this you know. Um, we actually looked at this and what we wanted to do was, you know, this will be our main fundraiser for, for this year. So it's a it's a golf it's a golf classic that we you're holding in Mount Juliet um on August twenty first, which is next Wednesday. And we have a we we have a lot of celebrities, and we've got a lot of support in that. And we have some interesting in, interesting celebs coming into it, like of, of Niall Quinn, uh, Kevin Kilban, uh, Nikki English, Michael Lester. We have our local Kilkenny, Eddie Kerr, uh, DJ, and um, Eddie Brennan, and we've we we have um, Wex we've Wexford hurlers in that. We've 
we have um, Charlie Swan, the jockey. We have uh, Ken Doherty, the snooker player. We have rugby players. We, you know, and all of that. So, so it, great day guaranteed for good cause. Absolutely, it's 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 basically a great day. So we have we have we have the golf classic, and um, we got, we got a car for a hole in one. Um, we also have a dinner that night, and we have we have a the, our our charity auction and that. Fantastic. Michael Hoyne, uh, thank you very much uh, for telling us about that. That's the Mick Galway Celebrity uh, Golf Classic in aid of Chalk Tom uh, in Mount Juliet uh, next week on Wednesday, the 21st of August. And you can contact Chalk Tom if you'd like to snap up one of the uh, remaining few teams still available. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie Okay, well I'm here on Cairn Street in Kilkenny City uh, with Luke Murphy in a new establishment called Wishbone. Luke, uh, tell us about Wishbone. Well, Wishbone is a new premise now. We've started up now at the end of May and it's all about chicken wings, cocktails, easy, nice service, relaxed, cosy atmosphere. And uh, this is an extension of Wishbone in Dublin, which is established on Montague Street. Uh, what made you choose Kilkenny as your second outlet, I think? Well, you know, it's such a lively area, great town, great buzz, and, you know, there's so many restaurants, bars down here. We thought it might be just a nice, easy fit. We're a little bit different, so we thought it would become something nice for the community, nice for the area, and just a great premise for us to set up for ourselves as well. Uh, describe to me the, the kind of proposition in Wishbone. Well, I guess it's come in, wings, tenders, nice, easy food, you know, sit down, be relaxed, there's no pressure, you know, good easy price as well. And how are you finding business in Kilkenny since you started? Well, it's great now, you know, we've had mainly, you know, local people into us so far and um, you know, feedback's all great for us, you know, especially from guys coming in and out and, you know, everybody's saying how much they love it, which is great, you know. Um, and it's a great start in the summer as well. You know, starting the summer right into the busy season and kicking off with a bang. Yeah. So um, how did you find going from one branch of one restaurant to basically taking the next steps to developing multiple sites? I believe you're also looking at a, a third site in Dublin in Dorset Street at the moment. Well, I guess, you know, from my end of it, when I be you know, general manager, so my end of it is very much staffing out and setting up all the processes and getting all the staff ready in the restaurants. And we've had the first for so long that it kind of just feels natural to take that kind of step back from that, come down here and start it all again. Um, obviously, that comes with all its own stresses, you know, red flags, things you might have forgotten about or, you know, need to do. Um, but in general day to day, it's actually quite enjoyable to take on these challenges. And I'll be looking forward to, you know, taking on the next one as well. Yeah, now um, in a large city like Dublin, you have the luxury maybe of specialising in a particular niche of the market. I would imagine it's not the same in Kilkenny. Well, I, you know, I don't... Yeah, I guess it, you know, in Dublin there's so many restaurants that maybe would be known for wings as well and known for doing, you know, maybe what we do but not as specialised. So because we're so specialised, I feel, and we're, no, we're not very similar to anywhere in Dublin, and then coming down here, we're not very similar to anywhere down here as well. So I think we kind of craft out our own little corner. But, you know, I don't think we do fight too much for our business with anybody else. Um, but then again, Kilkenny, people are very stringent where they go to. So I think it's about kind of staying here and getting into the hearts and minds of the locals. 
and a bar here as well. Um, how does that go? So it's a, it's a pretty convivial and social spot. Oh yeah, 100%. You know, I think with the aspect of like traditional American um, wing joint, it's all about the beers, all of the cocktails, wine with that as well. You know, so it's calm down, have a few wings, have a few beers, you're looking for cocktails, we do it all. Um, yeah. So um, I think the first Wishbone opened in Montague Street in 2016. Um, this is uh, obviously 2019, 2020, it'll be three branches. Where do you see um, Wishbone going in the coming years? Well, really, I, you know, I hope, I hope for a fast expenditure of the restaurants. You know, while it's cool, while it's in the minds of people, you know, get a few open in Dublin, Kilkenny. Hopefully, we get down, you know, to maybe the bigger cities out west. You know, it would be nice. What was attractive about Kilkenny in your decision to locate here? Well, there's a great atmosphere. You know, the people who live here, the people who come down. You know, everybody who comes down from Dublin down here for you know the weekends, and just the atmosphere has always been very buzzing. And you, a few times you have been down here before we opened up. You know, it was very glorious. You know, the way people conduct themselves. You know, especially all the business owners and how happy everybody is to greet you, especially coming in when they hear there's new new restaurants around. They coming in, people will be into you the whole time, just going congratulations, hope you do well. And just, that's something you don't get in Dublin. So you don't get that kind of, you know. I guess respecting the community, yeah. you know, it's very much like you have to fight tooth and nail to get anybody to even give you an acknowledgement. But down here, people are kind of That's good to hear. And tell me, how many people have you employed here in Wishbone? Uh, about 16, 15, 16 at the moment. Um, sure that might expand now over the next couple of months you know when we get busier and all that we need the extra staff at the moment we're keeping it you know about 50 and just finally uh luke um you're open from what hours so we're open from 12 o'clock to half nine great seven days a week seven days a week seven days a week yeah that's great folks uh, that's wishbone in kieran street in kikenny that was luke murphy thanks very much luke the Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast. Now you're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR 96FM. With Kilkenny in the All-Ireland this weekend, sport is very much dominating the agenda. But all sport all year round has an important part to play in social and cultural life. But also it's uh, an important segment of business. And so we thought it would be interesting to talk to a local business where sport is the central part of what they do. I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Johnny Dowling of Intersport in Castlecomer. Johnny, you're very welcome. Thanks a million, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, now tell us a bit about Intersport. Established in 1991, that's quite a while ago, and sport wasn't really as big in our consciousness back then. How's the company grown and developed over the years? Yeah, so it started in 1991. Um, so my mother and father, Mary and Seamus, would have started a business. Um, it would have been in a small a small room in the technical school in, in Castlecomer and predominantly kind of supplied local local clubs and teams with very small amounts of maybe even top-up <laughs> kind of kits and what they needed. Um, from there then, they moved into the place next door in the, the technical school itself and just started to grow, grow the business from there. And uh, tell us now, <laughs> not far off 30 years later, what size is the business and what range of products and services do you provide? So at the moment then we've in the meantime built a, a purpose built factory for what we do um, we've eight full time staff two part time and then we'd also have sales agents on the road um, 
product wise manufacturing wise it's all it's all changed really in the the processes and the the products that we offer yeah and so is it largely uh, gaelic games or do you provide um products across the sporting uh world yeah so because i suppose we have the the official license for ga camogie and ladies football we will be predominantly gaelic games but we we provide you know we supply soccer clubs karate clubs darts teams wow. so all across the board and and really we think and particularly this weekend we're thinking of county teams from Kilkenny and Tipperary and so on but there's a huge um, community of clubs and schools all over the country do you service those schools all over the country uh, and clubs yeah yeah so we have we would have kind of partner clubs and schools from Cork up in Donegal up to Buncrana and then all the local schools as well would would use us for for their uniforms and and sports there. Yeah, and um, we know about the hurling season and the football season and the soccer season. Is seasonality a big part of of your working year? Yeah, it will be. Yeah. You'd have kind of busy times, and then you'd have a bit, kind of lulls as well. So, with the the season brought forward, it's kind of it's changed this year. So, January will be will be very busy, whereas before it would have been quite. Mm. Um, schools then obviously this time of the year very busy so you get into club finals and county finals and all Ireland finals this weekend so and and I gathered that when the business was established in 1991 Kilkenny was very much your prime market has it uh, spread out around the country yeah it would have yeah so it would have, Kilkenny would have been I suppose where we would have started we wouldn't have been able to service kind of other counties at the time but as it grew and uh, the offering grew, the name got out there. We've kind of just spread all over the country. Mm. Now, thinking back <coughs> to the 90s, when you see old um, old uh, footage of either hurling or football games, the kit looked very kind of basic. It's gone very high tech now and different fabrics and materials. Has that presented a challenge for your company to adapt to all the new kind of technology of sports equipment? Yeah, I suppose in some ways it's actually helped us because we were one of the first to invest in the uh, dye sublimation is what it's called how the jerseys are done now so that would have maybe you look at it maybe 12 years ago we invested in that um, and it's actually helped because it's actually cut down on the the manufacturing time and the, the labour cost on it because everything is kind of digitally printed and digitally dyed into into the fabric Yeah, and it's a much better quality quality garment then as well. Yeah, you mentioned about being officially licensed manufacturers to the GA and Camogie um, and football. That must be very important um, to the business. Yeah, yeah, it will be. It, um, <clears throat> I think in some ways maybe it gives a bit of... Um, word is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, credibility. <laughs> a bit of credibility to it, yeah. And uh, when you're associated with logos and associations like that, it... Um, helps it helps yeah and it really brings up the brand as well and as well as that as well as the credibility y- you need it because you can't be just going off producing people's logos without permission presumably yeah exactly yeah, there's a there's a contract and there's a license fee for it so yeah so i note that the company also does um corporate wear tell us a bit about that area of the business yeah so the corporate wear will be kind of more aimed at um hotels and businesses that kind of stuff yeah, we do a lot of kind of polo shirts, soft shells. Just most of the time, it's basic, just black or navy with your your company logo on it. And that's an area that's grown over the years as well. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of a lot of businesses now just even a simple polo shirt with their logo on it, kind of gives a uniform to the business, and 
and kind of brings up the, their brand as well. So Kilkenny being in the All-Ireland, does that give your business a boost or does it make much of a difference really at this stage? Um, yes, this week now has been very busy with kind of flags and bunting and that kind of stuff for supporters. Um, with the, the girls in the semi-final then as well, we're we're hoping they'll get through to a, a final then and we'll be, we'll be very busy for the next couple of weeks then. Okay, so listen, um, thanks very much, Johnny. Any predictions for the match tomorrow? For the the girls or the well both <laughs> for both um, I I have watched both of them kind of all all through the season I'd imagine the the Camogie will will get through um, I can see him I can see him kind of easily getting over Tipperary all going well and hopefully it'll be a double on on Sunday hopefully yeah do you do um do you swallow your your Kilkenny roots and do do business with Tipperary teams in that those do, two suppose, unmentionable yeah. colours. <laughs> <laughs> We do. We can. We will. We'll deal with anyone. <laughs> you couldn't insert some itching powder on them by uh, <laughs> something like that. Okay, uh, Johnny. Thanks very much. Um, that's Johnny Dowling from Intersport in Castlecomer. Um, and thanks for coming into the studio. That's all we've got time for this week on the Bottom Line. We'll be back next week, same time after the nine o'clock news. And don't forget, if you miss some of the program, you can get it on podcast on the Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks to all our guests this week: Michael Hoyne, Luke Murphy, and Johnny Dowling. There. Thanks to John Kane for his help on sound and editing. Deirdre Drummy produced. Um, I'm John Purcell. See you next week and up till then. KCLR's Bottom Line. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie